0: All right. All right. Need uh, I need a clap.
1: There's your real one. There it
0: is. All right, cool. <laughs> we
2: get it, Justin. You like you live for the applause. Oh my god. More claps, please.
1: More
0: dots.
2: Well, like I can't I just the amount of times I have had to say, Justin, it's not about you. Mhm.
0: The amount of times that I still make it about me,
1: Amen, brother. Gosh,
0: I, you go away for a week and you think,
1: <laughs>
2: Wow, oh, gotta get
1: my car fixed. Oh, yeah, gotta I, make this all about me.
0: You know what? I mean, I, do I don't we even need a countdown. No, I we're think gonna, we're, we're good. Here. Yeah,
1: welcome hey. to the weekday. Welcome to the weekday. We're already in progress. Uh, this has been uh, three weeks in the making. Uh, we've tried. That's and how you know tried. it's gonna be so good. <laughs> we tried, and every time. Satan knocks us down, but you know what we what say. Is? Yeah, <laughs> you know what we say. Look at my camera. Not today, Satan. <laughs> not, not today, Satan. So here Holy. we are, weekday army. I think we're in episode eighty something. We've we did it. Wow. We're in, we're hey! in double digits. Uh, More claps. Yeah. I took hey, the under two claps. I cool. took yeah. He took <laughs> the under. Congrats, but yeah. did it pay out yet? No, you're no, not no, in a sports betting state, no. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the episode eighty something. This is literally our second episode of the year, but probably only the first one that you're seeing because the first one we recorded was a hot janky mess uh, hey. because we oh, were using, <laughs> yeah we were <laughs> using uh, we were using our new switcher and there was some things that weren't syncing up properly and audio wasn't doing a thing and our skin looked like it was made from Legos mm. and so is yours not. I don't know, have you ever, I wish, so you've seen the Lego movie. Yes. My favorite, I mean, there's a million things that are my favorite about the Lego movie, but the one is when they are switching their faces from happy to scared, and then they literally just pull their face off and put a new one on. uh, Or when he's like, hold on, I got to go do my hair. And he walks in, pulls his hair off, and then puts the new one on. It's, a great it's great movie. Yeah, they're wonderful. It's a great movie. Um, so they're before awesome. we get going, before we get going here, we uh, I typically we like to do the small talk thing, and I just want to get the small talk out of the way, and I want to give you a desert island question. Do you Ooh. know how to play desert island? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, that's the Desert Island question. Congratulations. <laughs> no, we're going to do Desert Island. Um, and this is, this is off of the back of our staff meeting yesterday where they were playing Would You Rather. Right. Um, like, would you rather have telepathy? Well, Corey pronounced it telepathy. Which is not correct. It's telepathy. And then, and then
2: he made fun of someone who said telepathy. He did. Yeah. And it was like, Corey, you're <laughs> no, the butt of the
1: joke. It, it, telepathy is Tele- not... It's You have a telepathic communication, yeah, uh-huh. but you have telepathy. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do uh, Desert Island right now. And we're going to do Desert Island Marvel characters. So like if you were trapped on a desert island with three Marvel characters. Okay. And you could not leave ever. But- like this, this Desert Island was the size of the universe. And there was no other communication (laughs) with the outside world. So it's just you and three other people for the rest of your life. How
2: do you know it's an island if it's the size of the universe? That would be my first
1: question. We're all in an island.
2: Mm -mm. Okay.
1: We're in an island of existence. Okay. Who are your three Marvel characters? Do you want me to go to Justin first? Because I know he's prepared for this. Really? Is he really prepared for this?
0: Um, I've never been more prepared for anything (laughs) in my life.
1: Who's your desert island? All
0: right. Wait. So for clarification... These characters cannot help me leave.
1: No, you can't leave. There's nowhere to leave to.
0: Why would you be with them? Yeah, actually, that's kind of my question too.
1: <laughs> Mike is googling top Marvel characters right. right now. I just, I just want
2: to know who I have to spend eternity
1: with. Yeah, ready? Yeah, it's essentially that. Who are you spending eternity with?
2: <sighs> Technically, Jesus in the in the Marvel universe is is like a superhero. Yeah, he's a super friend.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I also right. saw that Mormon thing. Yeah.
0: Well. Iron Man? Neither yeah, either. that's a good one. Spider-Man? Uh-huh. Captain America.
1: Okay, you are just those just the popular ones those in your are, head?
0: Those are the, I'm, those I'm are like, the movies he I hasn't seen. I think these are Marvel. <laughs> I th- Batman? I think these ones are Marvel.
1: <laughs> Suicide Squad? <laughs> what about you, Noah Maximal? The Tick? Ooh, the Tick um, is a good one. No, I don't know. Um... I would have Wolverine. Wolverine yeah. would be mine because he could chop down trees. Okay, number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I would, a... I would go Spider-Man because he could build webs and trap food. Okay. And I would probably go Silver Surfer, uh, because it's we're on an island and nothing says island like Silver Surfer. Oh, that's a good, that's <laughs> good. Call.
2: Yeah. I think Professor X is a good one. Yeah. Um, because he can transport. Because of the you. telekinesis. Yeah, and telep-
1: telepathy. And tele- telepathy.
2: Yes, be- that's he doesn't have telekinesis. He has telepathy. Hmm. Mm. But because he can transport you to wherever you need to go, mind wise. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. So if you want to be like on a seven forty seven leaving the island, right? Yeah, I've I've seen Lost.
2: I don't need to actually do that. They were dead the whole time. Okay, Um, but maybe you know. Purgatory. Uh, Let's see, man. Because like part of this is well, in like storm would be a good one because like if you got thirsty well and you can control the weather and stuff it's too warm too hot that's true that's a great point okay um trying to think of just like something real cool here ant-man who could who could like imbue me with powers you know oh
1: (laughs) shazam but he's dc that's true yeah that's a good point let's say shazam Okay. For sure. funds, I like yeah. Because we're gonna get this segment out of the way. Because I have another question. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, I want your I want your desert island video games, like the three video games that you had to play for the rest of your life. Mm. <sighs> Vampire Survivors number one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this podcast brought to you by Vampire yeah. Survivors. Um. Oh boy. I'm
1: I'm pitching out the hard ones right now. I mean, this so is gonna have a tie-in for later, by the way. It is? Oh, yeah. It will. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. What are yours?
1: My top, my number three, it would be Crusader Kings 3 because you can just always play that oh game over gosh. and over and over. What? It's you true.
2: your dumb RTS games. Number two,
1: it'd be The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because I what? feel like that game never ends. Yeah, uh, that,
2: was, that was one I was going to say. Yeah, that's sure. mine too. Is it? Breath of the yeah. Wild's on oh, you? Sure. I mean, also, though, this, oh, yeah. is, this isn't necessarily the content people want to hear. Continue. No. Yeah. Uh,
1: number one is going to be Mass Effect number two. Nerd alert. Yeah
2: um yeah but like the, the story is finite in that yeah but like it's really good. it is a really good game i don't know i don't i'm i'm mean, okay, i think we'll breath, come back to this. i think breath of the wild is on there for sure just because
1: i think let's just let's just say breath of the wild is all of our desert island and sure. like if we were trapped on a desert island we'd be killing each other for the switch yeah okay <laughs> who do you think would die first me no 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 i think the switch would get broken <laughs> I think we value each other too much. I think uh, we would just break the switch and just take the, the temptation. The switch would die first. But, yeah, uh, yeah. It would be the it would be the effect of like if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it. You know, it's that, better to go. That is he- a
2: good point, though. Like, who charges the switch? You know how does it how does the switch get charged?
0: Well, you plug it into a tree. <laughs> Storm.
1: Plugged Storm into a tree. Storm charges it. Ten, oh yeah, sand, silicon. I mean, or Iron there.
0: Man. That's why I chose him. Yeah, there you go. And Aye. Professor X
1: could just, transport, a you. <laughs> <laughs> just tr- uh, transport, transport you. That's a great point. Professor X could just transport you into, into the, the game. game. Yeah. yeah, could create that. Yeah. yeah See, scored. that's why
2: that's why he was my number one. That's why?
1: He's the number one. Great. This has been a lot of rambling because my head couldn't figure out what we're actually doing here. Uh, So we're going to come back in a minute and we're going to talk about a broader topic that's going to impact you and your children. More on that coming up. (laughs) See you in a minute.
2: Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for being a part of the weekday. I just want to let you know that Bay Hope Worship is releasing new content, new songs all the time. Uh, Make sure to go head over to our our YouTube, our Instagram, or our Spotify account. The links are down below in the description, and uh, check them out. And we're back!
1: And we're back. (laughs) Spirits are high in the studio today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm tired. How are you feeling?
0: Mm -mm. Great. The way
1: Mike says great lets you know in the depths of his heart... I feel great. ...he's tired.
2: Who's not tired? That's true.
1: Do you have children? Yes. Then you are tired. Yes. Yeah, that's how the if A, then B statement works. Um, today, we we had a topic, um, and then Mike actually came in to my office on Monday. So this is a Wednesday we're recording this. He came into my office a couple of days ago and was talking about a topic that I thought we should bring up and have a conversation about, and that topic being globalization and all that. But like, give me the genesis of where all of this came from in your head. How
2: did we start talking you, we about were talking. You
1: were listening to a podcast. Right. And you and I had actually started talking about war. war. Um, and I offhanded made the flippant comment of, apparently, we're going to war with China in 2024 right. or 2025. Right. Um, and then that turned into the genesis of what we're talking about today. Right. Being globalization, being how does a Christian respond Yes. In the world right now, yes. and apparently you were listening to a podcast about that, right? Do you remember what the podcast was?
2: Uh, no. Great. Um, glad. Yes. This but awesome. uh, we <laughs> were. we're doing great this here. is a good start to this. Good yeah. Start to this. Yeah. yeah. We're finding <laughs> our feet here, yeah. guys. Um, no, no. the The conversation was how things have shifted so much in the last ten years culturally, uh, politically, socially. Mm-hmm. Where, like, ten years ago. The thought of going to war with like another world power was not something that I thought was even possible. Right. Um, to where now I think that the more that I learn about the geopolitical factors of how ec- the economy works and all that kind of stuff, it's because it's seemingly far more plausible now. Hmm. Um, and not because anybody hates. Like, it's not because I think that America hates China or that, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know how China feels about us. I don't think super positively. Um, So what we were talking about was how the, essentially what the world values now is not oil the way that it used to up until like, you know, a, a few years ago. Obviously, oil is still super valuable. It's why we've been involved in the Middle East for so long. It's why the Middle East honestly is so... Rich and powerful. Rich and powerful and full of unrest Mm -hmm. because outside forces, whether internally or externally, are coming in to destabilize governments Mm -hmm. constantly Mm -hmm. uh, so that people can have their leg up on important resources and stuff. Yep. Recently, um, well, of you know, so decades ago now, um, as we began to understand how technology, like electronic and digital technology, works, um, semiconductors or like computer chips, as they're called, like sort of colloquially, but they're really they're semiconductors, mm-hmm. is what they are. They conduct electricity through you know these little pieces of silicon or whatever. Um, it it channels. Yeah, channels the flow of data essentially. Um, as that have got has gotten more developed and more advanced and everything and cheaper, honestly. to It's like we have computer chips in literally everything mm-hmm. from headphones to key fobs to obviously your phone or your computer to... Keurigs.
1: Keurig, yeah. Shares.
2: I mean, just like the most random... Vacuums,
1: refrigerators. Hot
2: plates. Yep. You know, like something... Electric toothbrushes. Like, mm-hmm. it's stupid how much computer chips are involved, semiconductors are involved in our everyday life. And so what America has done, um, according to this video I watched, as it's sort of like describing the history of kind of where we have been and maybe where we are headed, um, what America has done is we have As we have grown our technology in this area, we have begin to understand not me necessarily, but people who do this to create and construct these it's very expensive. So what would actually be cheaper is if we ship it overseas to... The
1: manufacturing itself. Yes.
2: um, To like Southeastern Asia essentially to manufacture it um, and then we will ship those things back. So we'll design stuff, but we're not manufacturing it. We ship that over. And so like you turn over anything, and it says "made in Taiwan"
1: mm-hmm. um, or "made in China." Made in made China, in Vietnam.
2: yeah. Um, so, like, obviously, that that part of the world. What Taiwan? Uh, Taiwan ended up doing maybe twenty-ish years ago was they saw that Japan was starting to like really run away with some of this uh, manufacturing, and especially in the digital area. Um, they're like, "Hey, well, you know what? Instead of us trying to construct an economy out of nothing, because they're essentially like." their own country, even though China doesn't view them as their own country. um, America does what they says. We're going to partner with the strongest economic and militaristic power of the world, America and say, Hey, if we set up a bond with you, we will, we will manufacture all of your stuff. And America said like, cool, great. It's super cheap. Um, that's, and then all essentially all they asked for in return was, but we need you to, whenever China comes knocking on our door, we need you to back us up. Um, and so America agreed to that.
1: Um, Which seems, by the way, a little bit of a dance
2: with the devil. Sure, 100%. On, bo- on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and now that debt is starting to, like,
1: come to Re- be collected. Yeah, yeah, uh, come into the public consciousness more than it has been. Yes. Because yeah. so, it's been there for a long time.
2: Right. And so now what has happened... Um, as, especially in like the COVID and the chip shortage and stuff is really like exacerbated. Yes. It. Brought a lot of this stuff to the surface because America was not the only country that suffered obviously for COVID. Um, but even in like the chip shortage and like the economic tightening and all that kind of stuff, um, China also did as well. And so what China has been doing is they've essentially just been copying all of our technology. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't, uh, they they were also getting stuff from Taiwan, but now there have been, like America has placed restrictions on Taiwan to sell anything to China, obviously like aggravating the Chinese economy and the Chinese people um, to where now that's why you're hearing more and more about like China getting like more aggressive towards Taiwan to say like, actually, we've never uh, identified Taiwan is its own separate entity, country. It's always been a part of China. So, like, we are going to eventually go in there and just uh, strong arm this tiny island in whatever sea it is. Um, Doesn't matter. Uh, I should know this, but Indian um, Ocean. Sure, yeah. Uh, We're going to strong arm this this island that's only a few miles away from us into being a part of China the way it's always been a part of China, and uh, not allow. America to do business anymore with Taiwan. And so what this podcaster was talking about was, or or this news reporter essentially was talking about was like the, the new war that is going to be fought is not over oil anymore. That is not, that is now not the world's most precious resource. It is semiconductors and computer chips. Mm -hmm. It's why we've been hearing more and more about from, uh, president Biden about, you know, like the America, uh, forming more um manufacturing to manufacture computer chips. So, anyways, so Annie and I were talking about
1: Well, hold on. I, before we get there, um tech is like one of my passions. This yeah. this type of um I, I, tech is my passion. The idea that we are in 3 nanometer territory, we're going to be at 1 nanometer territory for the, the- Proximity of semiconductors to each other, which is just insane. The amount of heat and the amount of power, and just the amount of computing power found in something that is literally one nanometer, which is less than the size of a bacterial virus or a, uh, a, a virus, virus like in a, the human. Yeah, yes, like that's that's the that's the scope of the manufacturing we're talking about, and right. that's the built up. Uh, that's the technological debt of 20 years, but yes. also the technological oh, like, progress of, let's say, 100 years. Yeah,
2: 40, 50 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and what's crazy about this, too, is there is essentially one manufacturer in Taiwan, TSMC, mm-hmm. uh, that, can, that basically conducts like an overwhelmingly majority of, of the manufacturing. Well, they don't do
1: the manufacturing, so this is something interesting. No, they, yes, they, 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 they manufacture certain things, but they also sell plans to other places, so like Apple, for instance, buys sure. things from TSMC, yeah, yeah, and then they ship them to India, and right. then sh- India will manufacture them. Sure, things. whatever. They're
2: yeah. they're sort of like the choke point right. for all they of are, these computer chips. They have chips. the stranglehold on all. But of then those. on top of that, there's only one company in the whole world that manufactures the machines that manufacture the the computer chips. One company, right. and it's like in the Netherlands. Um, and and <clears throat> the reason five dollars. <laughs> the reason companies or countries haven't uh like gotten on board with with creating their own manufacturing is because it would literally take 40 to 50 years for them to find out how to do this kind of stuff right um because there it's just it is it's new it's new technology like literally every single day they're making advancements these companies that have already been doing it so all that to say
1: it's, why, why are we talking about this Mike? yes
2: all that to say um there has there is becoming a there there is a shift that's happening right under our feet of this shift away from globalization, which is what we are feeling pre pandemic. Essentially, was that this idea of you know, yeah, we know a lot of our stuff doesn't isn't made in America. We're fine with that. It would just get shipped from Hong Kong or get shipped from Beijing. By the way, the, the,
1: the or, we the we that we are talking about in this entire episode is primarily the Western yeah, um, Western America. civilization yeah. slash America right. Um, but in in general and Canada as well but the the
2: idea the idea of like relatively open borders Mm -hmm. you know outside of like there's certain pockets of the world obviously that don't feel that aren't very conducive to like travel to but for the most a a large scale portion of the world we can come and go as we freely please Um, we can do business with pretty much any part of the world as we freely please Um, that COVID happened tensions rise economics the economics have tightened um on pretty much every country in the world not just america um and so now there is becoming this shift back towards inward as opposed to outward it's it's coming inwards um and i think that the reason we're talking about this is because it is most likely if if there is no war that happens, and you know, obviously, we pray that there is no war happening um, or going to happen. It is going to affect how we live our life. It is a, it's already affecting how we're living our life uh, financially, but also relationally, uh, spiritually, um, how we interact with each other, how we interact with foreigners, how we interact with the news cycle, um, and and you know, we. And this is kind of the last thing I'll say too, but one of the biggest band aids has already been ripped off. And that's in the Russia Ukraine war. I guess it's not a band aid, but um, one of the biggest steps towards this sort of idea is the war between Russia and Ukraine, which has gone on now for almost a year. Yeah. Um,
1: And, you know, remember when Russia wanted it to be four days?
2: Right. A major world power is now going to war with essentially like a democratic republic in some way, shape, or form, uh, which in and of itself, like obviously that's a horrible thing practically speaking but like the the resonance of all that kind of stuff a to, essentially a totalitarian government going to war with a Democratic Republic in um, essentially a stalemate for a year or so um, has like significant implications for what the next few years might look like yep.
1: so so the one of the things that this isn't just a current events lesson, by the way. This isn't just a history lesson. By the way, Justin, that's where we were talking about video games. That's where all this came into play. The Western uh, idea of comic books and the Western idea of video games. You're welcome. I did the thing. Hey, I pointed it out to you. Okay. The connections. You're welcome. This is, this is, it's all, we're all just, we're flowing, baby. Uh, the reason we wanted to bring this up today um, was because, ostensibly, our church audience is people that want to peel back the curtain of what it looks like behind the scenes of a church. Yeah. And we would be dumb not to be looking at these things and planning for them, uh, or at least bringing them into our consciousness and talking about them and praying through them and allowing it to shift the ways that we're doing ministry. Right. And I think um, one of the biggest things we need to to kind of, so you you talked about the band aid being peeled off with the Russia Ukraine war. I think one of the biggest band aids we need to peel off as well, and I don't know how we're going to, how we can really talk about it, but it's the idea of um, patriotism. It's the idea behind... Um, yeah, nationalism. Nationalism. It's the idea behind evangelical Christianity. We've talked about this in previous episodes, evangelical Christianity being tied to nationalism, being tied to the Bible, being tied to the church. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I'm just insulated, but it feels like those cracks are starting to show as well. Yeah. I feel like more and more and more, at least in the public zeitgeist, maybe it's because we're out of an election cycle. Right. But it feels like more and more and more of evangelical Christians stood up and took notice during the last election cycle of four months ago or whatever. Mm. And we're like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Like, why are we doing this? And the the knock-on effect of that is that we have a generation of people that are Austin's age and younger, you know, in the proverbial Gen Z thing, but even before that that are going to grow up with a faith that is lived out less in a church and more online. Totally. That are going to grow up with a faith that is not lived out on school buses, that is not lived out in their parents' houses, but it's going to be lived out through their phones. Yeah. Those phones come from semiconductors. And so, uh, if there is an actual war with China, or and it looks like it's impending at some point within the next two or three years, according to analysts, although we were supposed right. to go to war with the Middle East yeah. for... Who knows? Yeah. Who We can pray and we can do all those things. But... How do we relate to that as a as a church? Like, what do we... Sure. What do we... How, what do, how do we even begin to respond to that?
2: Well, I think that... So, there's a guy named Mark Sayers who does a lot of this. He's a pastor in Australia. Um, incredibly smart person. I've mentioned him on the podcast before. Uh, he Great has, accent. Yeah. Oh. He has a podcast called The Rebuilders, mm-hmm. where they talk a lot about this kind of stuff. He's got a book. Um, his last book out was... Oh, shoot. Uh, mm, yeah. Look keep going. Something about living without anxiety or something. Great. Um, it's like a very academic title. Um, what is it?
1: Uh, it's the, That's the one. That's the one right there. This one. Yep. This, this is, is great. This is great. Great content. And
2: now I can't. I can't talk until that. a non-anxious presence. Yes, a non-anxious presence. Um, basically cultivating a non-anxious presence, and he talks a lot about living in like what COVID did was it threw us into what he calls a gray zone. So this time in between two periods of time that are transitioning. Mm -hmm. So right now we are living in the middle of sort of a transition from what the world before COVID was. And now that we have gone COVID, the pandemic sort of destabilized a lot of things um, to, not in the sense of like, it's obviously not still happening the way that it was two or three years ago, Uh, But like we are still destabilized in a lot of ways, uh, including from a geopolitical perspective. Um, And so his whole thing is basically like you thought people were anxious before this. Uh, Wait till you throw them in the middle of something that like we don't we we've never gone through. We don't have a, a history of really going through this as a society right now. People who went through the last pandemic are long dead, you know, um, just because it happened 100 years ago. And
1: it was a totally different thing. There was not globalization. Right. There was, you know, there was mm-hmm. one world war at that point. Right. But like
2: how how we connected to people yep. is very, very different. It took
1: two weeks to get from here to yeah.
2: England. Um, And so, you know, like there's there's so much different for it. It's it's something that probably won't ever happen again in our lifetime. Uh, especially Hopefully. the the way that it happened, at least. Um, so he talks he talks a lot about that and like how Christians respond in that. You know how. Um, but then another point he makes is about how we are we're so worried about here in America living in a post Christian society to a certain extent for us that are Christians. You know, oh man, what's it going to be like for to raise our kids in post Christian society? And he talks about it being like a very, we're already very secular and we're essentially already like a very pluralist society. Like there is no one belief that has gained a majority in the cultural sort of like hive mind. Um, hmm. But it's been like that for a lot longer than people care to admit. Um, or maybe they just haven't ever really thought about it. You hmm. know, just where cultu- cultural Christianity has been sort of the majority belief. But now that cultural Christianity has taken a back seat It's just whatever was there to begin with. Um, And so he actually likens it to this is, we are. Someone asked him basically saying, How do you raise kids? How do you lead a church through this? And he said, It's actually where we are living into far more of what the New Testament actually talks about. Mm. Like now, the New Testament, like what Paul wrote about, what Peter wrote about, what John wrote about, like obviously, Acts, you know, post Jesus to a certain extent the people who went out and lived in Greek society and and, yeah, the, the Roman, you know, in, um, Thessalonica in Corinth Corinth, and Ephesus, all that kind of stuff they are experiencing or they experienced exactly what we're experiencing right now, that there is a multi, a pantheon of gods that people are giving their life to. Um, and Christianity is not the majority belief. And so we actually have a really, really great roadmap and how to adjust or lean into what we should be doing.
1: I have a unique perspective on this. Um, and uh, it, it comes from twofold it comes from A, being the digital pastor of a church that is ostensibly a physical church with a digital expression, and also the director of on demand ministries for a fully digital church. <laughs> And last night we had the release of our 45 minute documentary from the Megazord conference that we did back in October. It's great. I, I did a bunch of graphics work for it, and then our main kind of videographer guy did a, pretty much all of the other work, and I did audio and stuff for it as well. And it was fantastic. Like we <clears throat> we did this kind of release party at, at like a 9 p.m rolled the whole thing. It was like 45 minutes and we t- Twitch streamed it and we were on YouTube and we had, you know, two or 300 people join us from different communities. It was just totally awesome. And then afterwards, we jumped on to one of the bigger streamers' streams and we all kind of collected and we all gathered and we were all on the on camera and on the stream and we were just chatting about our memories and all the stuff. It was really rad. But one of the things that kept coming up throughout that documentary was, and then throughout our conversations afterwards, was we are living in a world right now that, like you said, is caught in the gray and in the church world, I feel like there's two split sides. Mm-hmm. There's the one side of the old guard who, and this is, this is not to slam anybody, so please don't hear that, but but there are a lot of times like they would rather see people not come to church than engage them online. Yeah. Like they would rather just bury their head in the sand and, and disagree. Mm-hmm. And I'm using online as a metaphor for, like, the other side of the gray. There are other people that are trying to, like, weave their path, kind of like Lux is doing, kind of like we're trying to do here. Like, we're trying to weave our path through the gray and figure out, like, how do we do this thing? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. We could be doing things wrong right now. We're not going to know for another two or three years. That's why we get to experiment. We get to do all these other things that, that are so fun. But I, I look back at the people that are just kind of sticking their heads in the sand and going like, man, Paul had to be feeling that same thing of looking at the old religious elite and going, You guys not, not in any anger, just right. like, man, I wish you would catch up. Like I wish you would see I mean
2: Jesus did too.
1: Yeah, Jesus had a little more force to it. But yeah, at the same in the same breath, like I, I think there was a kind of a like, man, just trust me here. Just trust that trust that there is a light at the end of the fog and a light at the end of the gray. Like trust that um, that the word of Jesus actually brings hope into that gray area and actually brings hope into the pantheon of gods. And when Paul stands up on uh, what is it, the Areopagus and says and points out the unknown mm-hmm. God and says, like, hey, okay, that that God is, is the God of all things. Yeah. Like when we do that when we're either at Bayhope or at Lux or wherever, like that people stand up and take notice. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's the thing I feel bad for people that are like pushing against this right now. It's like I don't I don't know what to do about that other than let's just keep loving and keep showing grace and keep doing all these other things. Cause like, if there's a war, yeah, how, what do we do about that? Like, how sure. do I tell my kids about that? How right. do I instruct them on how to act if like they're getting hate speech because they're a Christian? You sure. Know?
2: Well, and I think that there is, there's a certain element of all this kind of stuff that feels very unique to our current understanding because we've never had to experience it, but like it is not unique to the people of God to the kingdom of God. At the end of the day, the people of God have had to go through this sort of thing all the time. It is far more the norm for true Christianity to be a light in the darkness, but not be the dominant philosophy of the
0: mm-hmm. day.
2: <clears throat> and in fact, not that like that is not what God wants or Jesus wants. Obviously, like the kingdom of God needs to be the lamp on in the room rather than just like a candle in the corner, you know? Um, But a lot of the times we are under the assumption that Christianity is the primary philosophy or belief of our day. And it actually isn't. It it like inoculates people to what uh, the actual gospel actually is. Um, And so all that to say, we actually have an opportunity in the midst of this gray zone, in the midst of this thing that like is continually changing. Um, we, while it, fe- it might feel like a threat that like war is impending. And on top of that, globalization is crumbling while also secularism and uh, plurality of belief is sort of like taking over. feels like it's taking over. It is an actual opportunity um, in the midst of that noise for the gospel to rise out of that the way that it did in the first century where people were far more open in a certain, in a certain way to like what the gospel truly was rather than just like the shadow of what we might think it might be.
1: Yeah. Um, Justin, I'm, I'm responding actually to a text message right now, kind of about some of that similar stuff right now that we were just talking about with the Lux thing. But um, Justin, you don't have kids. And so when I approached you, not that again, not that we know of. That's my running gag because I think it's funny. Um, It's
2: hilarious. Oh my gosh!
1: You get it? (laughs) I've laughed so hard. You get it? Oh, so let me know in the comments below if you don't get it. I'll DM you with the proper way of saying it. No. um, So Justin, we we talk a lot about all these current events and a lot about all these things. And like, a does war terrify you? But b, um, I'm being serious. Like, does it terrify you? But b, like if and when you did have kids, mm-hmm. how would you be able to talk to them about the the changing landscape? Like, would you inform them of past wrongdoings? Would you show them the history of the church? Like how, how do you respond to all that, especially like put your parent hat on and, and try to talk to them?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if I'm serious, um, I mean, right now I feel like war doesn't terrify me. Um, I'd, I, I feel like it's something that 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 happens, and um, I mean, I can't really do anything about it. Um, like, I don't have the say on whether or not we go to war, and whatever happens during that war. Um, like, I can't, you know, I'm I can't really do much about that. So um, True. all I know is that I I have to um, just lean on my beliefs, lean on Jesus, and um, trust that you know, he'll be able to, um, you know, just bring us out of it. But, um, as, as far as kind of responding to like, if I had children, um, kind of like how I would explain this, I feel like the way that I would go about it is, um, I know that, um, it's something that seems kind of obvious, I feel like, um, to most people, but it's something that didn't click for me for a while. Where um, when I was reading the Bible for the longest time, um, I was always told, you know, that's this is the this is the Holy Word of God, which is true, um, and this is something that He specifically wants to tell us. I never read it before as um, something that like there, th- like for instance, there are lies. In the Bible, that doesn't mean that God lies, but that means that there are humans um, in the Bible that, um, you know, it's written about them and it, it's written, you know, they, they might have like told lies. There's people that murdered in the Bible. There's these are, these are humans in the Bible and God wants us, God's telling us something through these stories, but I never really read it. before. I mean, when, when I was first reading the Bible, I didn't really read it as um, like... You know, what is, for instance, like, this is David, um, reading about David. Um, what is God trying to tell me through him? And I mean, obviously David did some like really wrong things or whatever, or actually, you know what, Job, Job is a really good example. Um, Job and the people, you know, his friends that were talking to him and everything, um, when I first read that story, I didn't read it as, um, you know, these friends might be saying wrong things. I read it as, this is in the Bible, so this is something that God wants to you know, speak to me. Hmm. And through that lens, I'm reading it wrong. Hmm. Um, I didn't read it. I mean, you can just see at the very end... God rebukes the friends for how they were talking to them. But I almost wasn't like reading to that part. A lot of times I was even just like skipping around around, you know, I'd open up the Bible, read a random verse, but I wasn't getting the full story. But like understanding that there's, um, you know, there's humans in the Bible and we're supposed to learn from those humans. Um, very important topics. Um, so i say I say all of that to bringing bring back to um the war question. It's kind of similar to um the world in a way to where i mean like again just like just like in the Bible, there's wars in the Bible, there's really wrong things that happened in the Bible that's recorded um and then you know just like you know you know fast forward to now, nothing really has changed as far as bad right. things still happen um but reading the Bible, we see how God was able to get, um, you know, get his people through those situations, Um, especially with, like, the Israelites, for instance, how, you know, he took them out of slavery, and then they were in the wilderness for 40 years, and then, you know, he got them out of there, and then he brought them to the promised land, and then, you know, they kept facing problems, um, but God was always there with Mm. them through those problems. Mm -hmm. So, um, just in the same way, God will bring us You know, God will help us as long as we lean on Him through whatever it is that comes up in today, uh, you know, today's time as well. Yeah, but that's I. I I think that's a long version of what I would say. Actually, probably a short version of what I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think too. That's I'm gonna get preacher Justin over there on the platform. That's
2: all good points. I think too. A lot of the times, what we're afraid of is our comfort being challenged. Mm and
1: i mean that's a thing for me
2: yeah and not just like our economic comfort but like there's comfort in knowing that like oh the way i was raised or what i know to be true from my past is just what i can sort of uh what i can pass on to my children or to the next generation or whatever but like that does not maybe at the the core values yes being kind you know loving people um being patient um, expressing joy, like all that, yes, like all of that is accurate and that's stuff that we can pass on or whatever, but the manner in which it happens um, or the manner in which we experience all that kind of stuff is going to be very different and the onus is on us when we're going through this kind of stuff to be able to contextualize that kind of stuff to lead the next generation through it. Mm. Um, we, we cannot be comfortable in... Um, you know, like our past to be able to re- be repeated. Um, and now, granted, yes, there are things, and <laughs> it not. It, I am not uh, contradicting what Justin said or what I said. Where, like, you know, we've we see examples of this in the Bible and any of that kind of stuff. However, you know, because history does repeat itself in the manner of just like humans are humans and they'll do human things. Um, but like how I experienced my childhood or my teenage years or even my early adulthood is not how the next generation is going to experience that oh, um, gosh, no. right and so we need to we can't rest um and like on the fact it's like oh well, they'll just go through the same things i went through and like kind of but also not at all you know
1: yeah there's a um and this will be kind of my last thought about all of this but when so this is turning into a conversation about next generation because when we initially you and I were initially were talking about it, it was um, again, how do I parent my children in the wake of that but also like how do how do we how do we talk to people in a shifting landscape that might not have the ability to meet in a church yeah, anymore right and, or that might not have the technology to meet in a church anymore mm-hmm. or that you know those type of things and i I liken it to the trampoline versus the brick wall idea, which I think we've talked about before. But like faith being a brick wall, the second you take one of those bricks out, it just falls. Yeah, it starts to crumble.
2: Or you, de- or you have to defend a brick wall, yeah. which is never, God has never asked us to do that.
1: No, but if you let your faith be more like a trampoline and. That's you know, Rob Bell. Is that a Rob Bellism? Is it really? How do you feel? It's about a velvet that? Elvis, isn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: my yeah, entire like, it's faith. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. No,
2: it's elastic. Our faith needs to be elastic. Elastic, yeah.
1: Mm-mm. Maybe that's what I need. It needs to be a rubber band. Yeah. Um, there we go. My faith is like a rubber band. Mike, how about yours? <laughs> sure. Uh, cool. Well, all of this, we didn't solve anything, but uh we wanted to let you guys in on a little conversation that we had. This is literally just us having a conversation. Um, sometimes we prove points and sometimes we just talk to each other. Uh any final words before we start to get out of here? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think that times i
2: i think it's uh naive of us to think that just because the government has like finally said we're gonna end covid protections or whatever that like
1: the thing is all over right that like oh that we're going back to normal
2: right and like no 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 this this is for right now especially is essentially our new normal where it's just kind of like we have this echo of this crazy thing that happened two or three years ago continuing to re- reverberate in some way shape or form throughout like a long time
1: well and it's one it, of the things that and it, and may, and it should it's one of the things too and like this is not i'm not gonna this is gonna sound ageist and i don't mean to but it's like one of the things that makes the baby boomer generation and the golden generation awesome and also frustrating to at uh, to right. no end right because they have the echoes of a world-ending cataclysmic event happening in World War II, right. s- stroke Vietnam, stroke you know Korea, but mostly World War II, where there was literally atomic bombs being dropped mm-hmm. and literally nuclear warfare happening. And in throughout the entire world, there was this sense of, like, we don't want that to happen. Right. But that's worn off, uh-huh. and it has now swung in such a way. And so you talk to the Golden Generation and the Baby Boomers, and they don't want to give up their jobs and they don't you right. know they they oh, have work they're, jobs they're that, resilient
2: for a reason yeah
1: yeah they have work jobs that they hate for like 30 years yeah. and they're still at those jobs mm-hmm. or 40 years and they won't give them up because they, and they're still saving their bacon grease and doing all those things yeah. and like that's admirable and awesome but also like different times but but then me being a little bit younger than that although yeah. I'm close to 40 now right. is like we need to be a little bit more malleable in everything mm-hmm. and and like the generation that's coming up behind us is I don't know, man. Well, things things are moving at breakneck speed
2: the way that they didn't used to,
1: and like that's the, ex- that's the, exhausting. Tr- uh
2: huh. The transfer of information is getting to the point to where we potentially are not like adapted to it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying you know I'm not turning in like a Darwinist conversation. No, 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 but, no. Like we are we are living with technology that you could argue it has a far better chance
1: to destroy us than it does to help or us. Or is already destroying us. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, on that dour note,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Justin, <laughs> anything... You asked me for a last thing. No, that's so. true.
1: Justin, anything to add before we uh, go kick um, the bucket around?
0: Nah. nah. If we're on a desert island, bring three switches. <laughs> Probably. Good point. Good
1: point. But how do I charge mine? Cool. Plug it into a tree. Mm. Plug it into a tree, just like they did in Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um... We love you. Thanks thanks so much for joining on this rambly episode of the weekday. We'll talk to you later. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bay Hope TV. Be sure to like and share these videos with your friends as it really does help this channel out. And be sure to subscribe for more Bay Hope TV content. As always, thanks for watching.